Thursday, March 9th, 2023, Marneco 64, Home of Alternative Economics and Contrarian Views. Today we're going to look at how the Fed has just increased the odds of another bust. Yes, another economic bust. And uh, it, it's happened many times in the past, of course. Before I start, just quickly go through some of your questions that you've had. The first one is about this uh, Perth Mint uh, doped gold or diluted gold story. Well, it came out last week and uh, John Adams uh, from Australia, he's been covering it. He sent me all the details and I went through it and I didn't think it was that significant. So there's an update today. It just came out late yesterday from the globaltimes.cn website. I guess that's a Chinese website. And it says Shanghai Gold Exchange says reports of Perth Mint selling diluted gold are untrue. So what does John Adams think about this? Well, he, he thinks it's an absolute scandal inv involving At Four Corners and Angus uh, Grigg. So these are the people who wrote the original piece. The, the Chinese are saying that there's no problem. There were a couple of bars that had a bit too much silver back in 2021 and the problem was solved. So <laughs> we'll uh, leave it at that. Uh, the other thing uh, people have been asking about is about this crypto bank called Silvergate uh, Bank. They're based in La Jolla, California. Well, I have been looking at it uh, in the last uh, week or so and I noticed that... Uh, Yes, their deposits went up a lot in the last few years because they were involved in crypto. And uh, people have been rushing to take the money out. I think until the end of last year, they had $6 billion in deposit. But you've got your answer now to the Silvergate because uh, overnight they've just uh, closed down, as you can see here. Crypto bank Silvergate to shut down in face of market turmoil. Shares plunge after London lender whose fortunes tumbled since collapse of FTX announces liquidation. Um, fortunately for the system, it's a small bank, and it says here California's state banking regulator said it was said it was monitoring the situation closely and working with federal regulators to make sure Silvergate's closure was safe and expeditious. So the FDIC. Fortunately, in this case, has enough assets to cover this debacle. I think FDIC has over 120 billion in assets, and uh, this is a small bank. I don't think it's going to be a, a black swan, um, as some of you uh, might think it would be. So, back to uh, boom and bust. Well, I want to show you a chart first before. Uh, we, we go into the story when this is part of it, really. And this is the Fed funds rate, the target for Fed funds rate that the, the Federal Reserve sets. And you can see here, this is uh, from July 1954. So every time the Fed uh, increases that, that target, as you see, it ends in tears. Why tears? Well, because we get this gray bar, which means there is a recession or some kind of crisis. So every time they increase it, as you can see, uh, they did it. Uh, they created a recession in 57, another one in 1960, then another one 
1969, <laughs> another one in 1974, uh, a double dip one uh, in 1980 and then 1981, and then one in the early 90s, as you can see, they, and every time the recession is a result of them tightening credit, uh, raising the Fed funds target. And uh, of course, we had one during the dot-com bubble when it burst, and then the 08 crisis, of course. And what you will notice, though, and then the the twenty the twenty twenty crisis and the uh, the sh very sharp but very shallow recession it didn't last that long because it seems like every time there is a problem, uh, the Fed uh, kind of turns around or pivots and and inflates the system again. Uh, they they can't seem to let it like uh, correct as it should. But one thing that you will notice on this chart is that um, since the uh, double dip recession in the early 80s, the Fed funds target rate has always been making uh, lower highs. So what that means is that they've been able to, yes, tighten policy, but not as much as they had previously in the previous cycle. But this one here is uh, an anomaly, and is it the beginning of an inflationary uh, era? Because as you can see here, from the mid-50s uh, to 1980, we had always higher highs in the Fed funds rate. And it was an inflationary period, especially from the mid-60s until the early, early 80s. And we're seeing that now as well. And to think that there won't be a recession <laughs> at best, I would say a recession at best, uh, or a soft lending at best, is uh, trying to uh, ignore uh, history, I would say, because as you can see here, every time uh, they do uh, raise rates significantly, it triggers some kind of crisis, some kind of uh, recession. So... The fact that the, they've raised rates so much here compared to the high back in uh, 2019, which was uh, just around 2.5%, uh, makes me think that a bust could be just around the corner. And, and with that, I'm going to go through an article by Torsten Paulite. And I interviewed Torsten. I have interviewed him a few times on the channel. Last time was in January when I was in Switzerland and we did an interview. I'll put it up in the cards if you want to listen to it. But he's written something for the Mises Wire, uh, Mises.org. I'm going to put a link to it uh, below in the description. And he says, odds are rising that the Fed will trigger the next bust. So we'll quickly go through this article. It's very interesting. Uh, it, it's from the Austrian school perspective, of course. From March 17, 2022 to the end of January 2023, the Federal Reserve increased its Fed funds rate from practically zero to 45 to 475%. The rise in lending rate come in response to skyrocketing consumer goods price inflation. U.S. inflation rose from 2.5% in January 2022 to 9.1% in June, notwithstanding 
inflation falling to 6.4% in January 2023. The Fed continues to signal to markets that it will continue to hike rates to bring down consumer price inflation. I prefer saying consumer prices. Um, I know Torsten knows what real inflation is, but I guess he's using that term because it's used so much these days. But anyway, he continues. This is understandable. The Fed wants to maintain its inflation fighting credentials. It wants people to believe it is really determined to bring inflation back to 2%. It is presumably well aware that the US dollar's world reserve currency status needs to be protected more than ever. Yeah, you bet, especially with de-dollarization going on. As it gives the US government and the powerful special interest groups uh, that harness it for their purposes, tremendous power not only nationally but internationally, higher nominal and real, i.e. inflation-adjusted interest rates, are now necessary to support the US dollar. These higher rates make the greenback more attractive against other unbacked Currencies such as the euro, the Chinese renminbi, the Japanese yen, the British pound, and the Swiss franc. And with other central banks worldwide unable or unwilling to catch up with the Fed's rate hike sprint, the US dollar exchange rate is expected to remain strong, attracting capital from abroad and allowing the US to run a massive trade deficit with the rest of the world. Yes, it came out yesterday. I think it was in 86 or 84 billion a month, the U.S. trade deficit. However, there is concern that the Fed's tightening could trigger another bust. Why? From sound economic theory, we know that issuing fiat currency through bank loans that are not backed by real savings creates an artificial upswing. He calls it a boom, which sooner or later must and in the recession, a bust. This is because the initial increase in the supply of bank credit artificially suppresses the market interest rate below the level that would prevail without an uh, increases without increase in bank credit. This artificially suppressed market interest rate entices consumers and producers to live beyond their means, leading to overconsumption and malinvestment. All this ends once the inflow of new credit and money stops, then the market interest rate rises, consumption decreases, savings increase, and investment projects are liquidated. Firms go bankrupt and unemployment rises. Asset prices such as the price of stocks and real estate which had been inflated during the period of artificially lowered interest rates plummet. Deflated asset prices squeeze the equity capital of private households, firms, and banks. Higher credit costs put borrowers under increasing pressure to service their debt. The number of loan defaults increases, causing banks to tighten their lending standards. A downward spiral begins, tightening credit market conditions lead to more defaults, even tighter credit conditions, and even tighter credit conditions. And as you can see here, I spoke about 
the tighter credit conditions back on the 28th of February, we're seeing auto uh, subprime auto loans uh, go sour. Uh, yesterday, City Citibank just reported cons U.S. consumers struggling to repay credit cards, says City CFO. They, they're saying they're going to have to raise uh, uh, credit standards there, too. So let's continue. At the extreme, the credit crunch, asset price deflation, and output and employment losses could collapse the fiat money system. Where are we right now? Asks uh, Thorsten. At 45 to 475% target, the Fed's interest rate uh, is still relatively modest by historical standard. Also adjusted for consumer price inflation, the Fed's key interest rate is still at minus 1.8%. However, the restrictive impact of the Fed's latest series of interest rate hikes is much more pronounced than many market observers believe. Most importantly, the U.S. Money stock M2 is declining for the first time since 1959. Uh, in December 2022, it fell by 1.3% on an annualized basis and by a hefty 7.3% uh, in inflation-adjusted terms. The current contraction in uh, nominal M2 is not caused by a contraction in bank lending, what is happening is that the Fed is pulling central bank money out of the system. It does this in two ways. The first is not, not reinvesting the payments it receives into uh, its bond portfolio. The second is by resorting to the so-called reverse repo operations in which it offers eligible counterparties, those, feel privileged, those few privileged to do business with the Fed, the ability to park their cash with the Fed overnight and pays them an interest rate close to the federal funds rate. The Fed does business not only with banks, but also with non-banks, such as asset management firms. When non-banks move their bank and or credit and client deposits to the Fed, the banking sector loses central bank money as well as commercial bank money. As a result, the money stock of M2 drops. The Fed is sucking liquidity out of the financial system, a move that is at least disinflationary. It will slow the rate of goods price increases in the economy. It may even be deflationary, that is, exerting downward pressure on goods prices across the board. The Fed has announced that it intends not only to continue to raise interest rates further, but also to continue to reduce its balance sheet and sponge up central bank money. What is concerning in this context is that the Fed chairman, Jerome H. Powell, and presumably the rest of his team, does not really pay attention to the developments in monetary aggregates when making policy decisions. What does that mean? Well, they don't look at M2. Uh, just like they didn't do a look at M2 in 2021 when Jay Powell was asked about the money supply growing. He said it, it doesn't matter. It doesn't cause inflation. Well, <laughs> uh, if that's true, he, he probably thinks the, the collapse in M2, nominal M2, doesn't cause problems either or disinflation or even deflation.
This in turn implies a real risk that the Fed will over-tighten, meaning con contract the quantity of money further. The Fed appears to be taking current inflation into account when setting its policy. However, it is fair to say that future inflation or price rises is ultimately de de determined by past or current monetary expansion. And since the nominal and real money supply is contracting, not only in the US, but also in many other currency areas, by the way, a deflationary shock is building up, which would then become really problematic if the money stock continues to shrink as bank credit supply starts dwindling. It's a recipe for disaster, aka the next bust. Interestingly, financial markets have remained relatively optimistic of late as various market stress indicators suggesting credit spreads are contained. Stock prices have been drifting higher since their recent low in October 2022. Perhaps markets are confident that the Fed will orchestrate a soft landing, uh, bringing sky-high inflation down without tipping the economy into recession and financial markets into turmoil. Or they bet that should the credit pyramid really start to falter, the Fed will reverse its tightening policy and bail out the system, as it has done so many times in the past, regardless of inflation. In fact, this is what Murray and Rothbard saw coming a long time ago. He wrote in America's Great Depression. And by the way, that's a book I've recommended. It's fairly technical, but very interesting. America's Great Depression. It was written in 1963, by the way. Uh, and this is what Rothbard said. The American economy will be increasingly faced with two alternatives either a massive deflationary 1929-type depression to clear out the debt or a massive inflationary bailout by the Federal Reserve. In view of the politics of his time, he concluded, that was Rothbard, uh, we can look forward, therefore, not precisely to a 1929-type depression, but an inflationary depression of massive proportions. Yeah, it's the old uh, hyper deflationary, hyper, yeah, hyper inflationary, sorry, depression. Um, pretty much like uh, Venezuela. I saw a headline that in Venezuela, they can't even uh, afford food with dollars anymore. So anyway, this is uh, Torsten's uh, conclusion. I firmly believe Uh, Rothbard's conclusion is particularly relevant to our times that markets are right to bet on a Fed bailout in times of trouble, but that they grossly underestimate the economic damage and inflationary impact it would have. So there you go. Highly recommend the article. The other thing I'm going to do uh, is I'm going to recommend uh, a, a book that... Uh, Torsten, Dr. Paulite, Torsten Paulite has just published, just written, and I, I just got it in the post. I haven't read it yet, but I'm sure it's a very good book, and it's called The Global 
currency plot. So there you go. I recommend that. You can find it on Amazon. I'm going to put a link to it below in the description. And there are some comments here in the back. One is by HSH Prince Michael of Liechtenstein. Uh, and he says, with clear logic, Torsten Pollack shows in this important work the aims and ways in which democratic socialism moves toward a globally planned state dominated by a nomenclatura, I guess the technocrats. With convincing logic, he also presents the free market economy as a superior alternative, a fascinating book. Another one is by Malt Fisher, an economist. He says, is there a connection between political centralization, mass immigration, and the quest for a common currency? Yes, Torsten Pollack exposes uh, with cap captivating logic the destructive power of democratic socialism its tools and its aspirations for world domination, both an enlightening and cautionary book and essential reading. Um, do I think uh, there's a chance of a bust? Yes, yeah, very big probability, as Torsten says. I, I just took some other uh, charts here to show you that we're still in the early days, but it, it could accelerate quite quickly. Uh, one other chart that I wanted to show you here is uh, consumer loans, credit cards, and other revolving plans, all commercial banks. It's at uh, pretty much near a trillion here, credit cards. We, we saw Citibank talking about it. What about the delin delinquencies on credit cards? It's still relatively low here, but it's picking up, as you can see, uh, from 2021. It's nowhere near, of course, where it went during the old crisis, but there's a lot of room on the upside. And uh, also delinquency on single family residential mortgages, that's still really low, but things could change very quickly. Uh, and, and we need to keep an eye on, on uh, bond yields, on treasury yields. And that's what we do every morning, of course. And with that, let's quickly look at the markets. Uh, we'll try to go through this a bit quicker because this video is uh, taking a bit longer. Uh, I can tell you that spot gold and silver are basically up a little bit, uh, about <laughs> not much, basically unchanged. Gold is at 18.15, silver is just above 20. Uh, the stock market futures, the Dow is down 50 points, NASDAQ 100 down 60, S&P is down 10 points, 39.82. Uh, the currencies are all pretty much steady. Uh, the major currencies, uh, sterling and the euro, with the exception of the yen, um, dollar is down against the yen, about two-thirds of a percent, 136.50. The dollar is up 0.2 versus the U1 at 6.98. Uh, what about Aussie dollar? Aussie dollar is up a third, 66.10. Uh, the dollar is uh, unchanged versus the Canadian dollar. The Kiwi dollar is up uh, about 0.2. To the general commodities, uh, wherever we got platinum, that's trading pretty much unchanged at 940. So precious metals not going anywhere right now. Uh, crude oil, WTI crude is unchanged, 76.79. Brent is unchanged, 82.57. High grade copper is back above $4, down about a quarter of a percent at 401. And quickly to the uh, 
bond market, which is really important because that's what drives everything, really, the price of credit. So the 10-year yield is right now uh, smack at 4%. So there you go. It's up 2.5 basis points. The two years at 505, that's down slightly, but the curve is still inverted by 105 basis points, which hasn't been seen in um, many decades and is another sign pointing to a hard landing, I would say. Quickly look at the UK uh, bond market, the, the gilt market. The, the two-year yield is up six and a half basis points at 385. I think we need to keep an eye on the 4% level. The two-year yield uh, is what they set a lot of the mortgage rates off the two-year yield and the swap rate. The 10-year is up nine basis points at 385 and the 30-year is up six at three uh, at 415 excuse me so there you go with that i'm going to wish you all a very good day take care bye